to Teen Titans Wasteland. Or, in many cases, I should say welcome to Teen Titans Wasteland. We got a very, very nice plug from Miles and Jay over at Rachel and Miles Explain the X-Men. And, wow, we've got a lot of new listeners. So, thanks for showing up, people. I hope you enjoy what we're doing, because that's what we're going to do. Now that we got some more people, maybe I could get some of you to send us in suggested synopsis rhymes, because I'm having trouble putting those together. And, uh, you know, it might be fun for, for you, if I can, you know... Tom Sawyer this into having you guys whitewash my fence for me. Yeah, why don't you do that? Anyway, why don't we dive into this next issue? There's a lot to unpack. There's a lot of stuff to talk about in the issue, and there's actually also a lot of stuff that isn't in the issue to talk about. What could he mean by that? You'll have to stay tuned. Dun-dun-dun! Musical stinger. And speaking of musical stingers, oh geez, um, okay. Finland's Tiger Beat is full of Finpop picks. Uh, something synopsis. Yeah, it didn't work as well as I was hoping it would, but that's why I need your help. Synopsis. Teen Titans number 20, April 1969. Written by Neil Adams. Drotted by Neil Adams. With inks by Nick Carty. Also, sort of penciled in parts by Nick Carty. And in a very backhanded way, Kinda written by Len Wein and Marf Wolfman? It's confusing. We'll find out later. Teen Titans Roll Call. Robin, Kid Flash, Wonder Girl, Speedy. No Aqualad. Titans fit the Battle of Jericho. The New Look Titans are hanging out in their secret lair, presumably thinking about how much they all miss Aqualad and wish that they had been nicer to him when he was around and that maybe they could visit him in Atlantis sometime. They are distracted from pining for their beloved former teammate when an alarm goes off, informing them of a break-in in their training room. They are all surprised that anybody could get that far past their security measures, apparently forgetting that Speedy did that just a few issues ago back in Monster Bait. <laughs> Monster Bait. They find that the intruder left a jack-in-the-box to creep them the fuck out and to draw them away from the meeting room. Who could have formulated such a cunning scheme? The Joker? Andre LeBlanc? Aqualad coming back to pick up his old Flips records and the food for his new Pelican sidekick that I just invented named Beaky? Sadly, no. The intruder turns out to be some Moon Knight-looking dude who goes by the intimidating superhero codename Joshua. Is he a dude named Joshua who decided he didn't need a superhero name? Nope. He's a dude named Dave who chose the superhero name Joshua. I guess Steve was taken. Anyway... Joshua tells the Titans that he just wants to talk, so naturally they attack him. Good thing for old Josh, he's an engineering expert who has a whole bunch of electronic devices built into his costume that prevent the Titans from touching him. Then Robin threatens to put on some rubber gloves and everybody calms down. Seems like that may have happened before. Turns out that some teenage activists Joshua knows are being manipulated by a beatnik ex-con named Fat Cat into carrying guns and rioting at the police station. Josh would like the Titans to intervene. The Titans agree and head off to intercept the teenage protesters, with Joshua leading the way in his spiffy Josh-mobile. The Titans' copter is in the shop, so the Kid Flash uses his super speed to float the other Titans there on an updraft he creates by running in a circle. Okay. As the Titans confront the teen rabble-rousers, Joshua sneaks back to his Josh cave and uses his Josh computer to eavesdrop on a transmission being sent to Fat Cat. Someone named NG3 is ordering Fat Cat to commence with Operation Jericho in seven hours. NG3 should get a better codename. It's a shame Joshua's taken. Meanwhile, the Titans' encounter with the protesters is not going super great. 
The good news is the guns the teens were carrying are only squirt guns. The bad news is that after squirting Robin in the face with it, the teen's leader, a feisty firebrand named Chuck, decides to start titan punching. His protester pals join in, and soon the teenage superheroes find themselves on the losing side of a Donnybrook. Fortunately, Josh swings by and drags the heroes away from the fray. When Fat Cat hears that his protesting dupes never made it to the riot, he decides to give his old pal NG3 a call. NG3 then reports to his boss, a super-rich European dude who breaks his chess set and decrees that the Teen Titans must die. Soon afterwards, the Titans run into Chuck, who tells them to follow him to an abandoned building that is totally not a trap. The Titans do that thing where they think it's probably a trap but decide to go anyway. Cool, cool, cool. Good thinking, guys. When they get inside the building... Surprise! It's a trap. For the second issue in a row, they get shot with a sonic beam, knocked out, and tied up. Then Fat Cat sends the protesters off to paint the sides of Park Avenue buildings with a thick green paint. For some reason, the naive would-be activists think that that sounds like a reasonable act of social protest. But after they leave, Fat Cat brags to the Titans and Chuck that the paint is really plastic explosives that will blow up Park Avenue. Fat Cat's bosses in organized crime intend to take advantage of the ensuing chaos and rob a bunch of banks. Fuck those guys. Joshua shows up just in time to hear this information and punches the shit out of Fat Cat. Then Josh, the Titans, and a newly repentant Chuck head off to stop the protesters from unwittingly blowing up a big piece of New York. Also, Joshua reveals that he is really Dave, Chuck's older brother. Gasp! And Chuck reveals that he's really... Nah, he's still Chuck. Dave slash Josh turns on a device that he made that should jam all of the electronic devices in the area so that no one can detonate the plastic explosives. Some guy hits a button trying to trigger the explosions anyway, and here's where shit gets weird. Really weird. Instead of exploding, the green plaint slash plastique swells up like a giant jello mold. It looks kind of like ambrosia salad, only instead of fruit and cottage cheese inside, there seems to be a multi-limbed Cthulhu dragon monster inside which is arguably even grosser than ambrosia salad. Maybe. And then, nothing happens. It looked like the monster was going to get out, but it didn't. Joshua's jamming device kept the monster from busting out of the jello, and then the whole thing collapses into a pile of rubble. Hooray? Chuck says that now he's going to be a nice boy. Hooray. Meanwhile, in another dimension the one filled with evil green-skinned guys with purple suits from issue 16, we see that the Jello monster was part of a plot hatched there to try once again to conquer our dimension. Turns out that those extra-dimensional turd bags have been manipulating the evil crime organization that was in turn manipulating the protesting kids. But now the shitheels from Dimension X, and therefore the crime syndicate, have a new top priority. Killing the Teen Titans. Oh no. Also... Wait, what? Alright, and joining us once again is my good-for-many-things brother, Corey. Corey, happy Boxing Day. Happy Boxing Day to you. Also. Thank you. Uh-huh. How's it going? It's going pretty good. Cool. So, what'd you think? Um, wow. You know. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot to talk about. Mm. So, let me get this out of the way. And that can only mean one thing, as far as I know. Yeah, there was a picket sign. Where? Sort of. Did I miss it? It it didn't say anything on the picket sign, but as they are... (laughs) But they're carrying picket signs. They're clearly picket signs. Oh, the protesters. As the protesters are heading Mm. off to paint 
the sides of buildings oh. with uh, green paint. Okay. That is, in fact, plastic explosives. That is, in fact, monster bait. <laughs> See, this issue could be called monster bait, and it would kind of make sense. Mm. Well, the paint wasn't really... as how you summon a monster. You know, that whole thing is super unclear to me. Yeah. There's a reason for that, which we will get into later. Okay. Weird issue, huh? Yep. So, once again, keeping with the plot device of absurdly complicated capers. Yeah. yeah. The thing is, most of the story, fairly straightforward. Um, yeah, bad guy controlled by another bad guy wants to cause chaos so that they can rob banks. Yeah, leave off the fact that the bad guy is being controlled by another good bad guy. You got a bad guy manipulating teenagers to act out in anger and act rashly, and they're really patsies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got brother protecting his brother, like yep. we've seen a couple of times so far. Mm-hmm. Yep. Pretty basic, pretty standard story. And yeah. then at the end, fucking interdimensional weirdness that mm-hmm. makes not a ton of sense and doesn't really make sense for the story to have it be this, like, big, like, and then nothing happens. Yeah. It's just very confused and very frenetic, but also, like, wait, where are you going with this? What's happening? It kind of reminds me of, like, the third act of a Philip K. Dick novel where it's, oh, you've built a nice story here. And then he's like, eh, I'm bored writing this. Then everybody did acid. Well, it did improve the position of the Teen Titans in the sense that they are so important. They are now the ostensibly only blocking uh, mechanism to keep these interdimensional zombies from taking over the planet Earth. Yeah, that's that's true. They're not zombies, though, are they? They were referred to that in uh, issue 16. Oh, okay, okay. Once. Fair enough. Sure. They're now the top priority of these interdimensional zombies. Okay, I get that. The interdimensional zombies and the mafia crime syndicate was already trying to kill them, so now they're just going to try harder, I guess? Yeah. Okay. Their number one priority, so... Yeah, and this is the first time that, I mean, it's very vague, but it is kind of the start of a multi-story arc, which we have not seen before in a Teen Titans comic. Hmm. And it's mostly the story is resolved, the story concerning Joshua, which... I know I talked about this in the synopsis, but that is a dumb fucking superhero name. Did he make it up after he received the radio transmissions about Operation Jericho? That Possibly. would be the only reason. That would be I, the, yeah, I guess. Because like he wants song. to destroy Jericho. Or, yeah, he it, fought it's, the battle of Jericho. Yeah, like in the song. Uh-huh. Which is also a Bible story. Uh-huh. But mostly a song. I was right. going to look up the Bible story, but I ran out of time. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm a little fuzzy on the details. So. Basically, so it's right after the the Israelites just get freed from slavery in Egypt. Mm-hmm. They decide they want to invade Canaan. Mm-hmm. And there's a city called Jericho there that has big walls around it. All right. The leader of the Israelites at this point is a dude named Joshua. Mm-hmm. And he somehow, everybody walks around the city a whole bunch and blows their horns really loud, and then the walls collapse. And then they go inside and uh, kill every man, woman, and child, except for a prostitute that was leaving them information. Oh, that's a nice story. Yeah, it's a nice story. You can see why you want to name a superhero after that. Oh, jeez. Especially one who doesn't have a fucking magic horn. Well, in a way, he does. Okay, he does use a, dev- a sonic device. It so makes that's a this, jamming thing that yeah, makes the... loud screeching noise for a long time. 
The yeah, I'm I assuming guess. that's how I read the. It was just like the letter E repeated across several panels. And oh no, that just was implying that they had all taken a lot of E. <laughs> okay, they were rolling hard. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. They were um, very huggy. So yeah, maybe he found out about the Jericho thing and is like, well, I'm gonna make Jericho collapse, so I'm Joshua. But even so, man, mm. that is lame. Yep. Well, you know, he sh- should have stuck to his uh, engineering. He should have stuck to his engineering. You're right. He's a very good electronics engineer. Yep. And a former Marine as well. Uh, very, what do you call, like acrobatic, good at fighting, because uh, jumping around a lot. Doing yeah, no, no, no. Top not superhero. Yeah. Really, Scott, just, got well, it Just bad at naming things. Yeah, bad at naming things. Name, bad at naming himself. Mm-hmm. Cool car. He has a cool car. Yeah, he's got a cool car. We don't know how he gets that kind of funding. The intro to this makes no sense, though. So, like, why would they trust this guy? He basically, he he breaks in all, you know, cat burglar-like, leaves right. this creepy-ass jack-in-the-box. Then while Well, the jack-in-the-box was part of his breaking in. It was the, the head raises itself under a, a sensor beam at a certain time, so that'll get them all out of the room that he wanted to go in. Right, and so then they come back in, and he's, like, chilling on the couch. He's like, hey, guys, what's up? Like, yeah, it's a pretty, pretty classy cool. yeah. entrance, for sure. Yeah. And so, naturally, the, the Titans are like, oh, we have to kick this guy's ass because he broke in. And he's like, no, I just want to talk. And then, but all of a sudden, there's, like, this sea change that takes place. And they're like, hey, this guy's all right. Let's go. We'll, we'll just go. And he's like, come on, guys, let's go. And they're all like, okay. Well, he told them that teenagers him. had guns. Yeah. Nobody wants teenagers to have guns. That's the worst. Yeah. And he takes off and they all try and he just like jumps in his car and drives off and expects them to follow him. Follow yeah. him somehow. And they do. Which was awesome. That was pretty bad. It was weird. And it was also like, oh, why did you have to have him do this? Why well, couldn't? Okay. That's fine. Yeah. But yeah, the uh, the weird low level cyclone that mm-hmm. may he makes... He makes a nice little cloud for everybody to float on. That and they're like, oh, we should do this all fast. the time. He's like, oh, guys, it makes me so dizzy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Poor kid Flash. Yeah. He tries his best. Yeah. This is a weird issue. It's it's a very weird issue. It's like a normal crime story, and then they all woke up, and it wasn't a dream, but it was like a... It just got way more complicated, but... and then It, it got way more complicated, unnecessarily complicated, and then it didn't really lead to anything. There mm-hmm. was no real payoff for it. I felt like it was part one of X, you know? It is. Sort of. Hmm. Would you like to know why it is so fucking weird? Sure. Okay. So, the original story was written by Len Wein and Marv Wolfman. Their names did not appear in the... That is true. There is a reason for that. It was also originally fully illustrated by Nick Carty. Oh. And it also was a very, very different story. Hmm. One that featured a superhero named Jericho, which is why the title is Titans Fit the Battle of Jericho. And Jericho was supposed to be the first black DC superhero. Oh. And the issue was all done. It was ready to print. And then the editor-in-chief at the time, Carmen Infantino, read it. And was like, oh, shit, we're not doing this. Oh. DC wasn't ready. I mean, Marvel doesn't have a great history of diversity up until this point. Mm-hmm. But it's leagues ahead of DC. And, yeah, so Marvel Wolfman and Len Wein were like, well, why don't we make a black superhero? Admittedly, kind of a cheesy story. And the way that it was originally structured was the way that most 
comic books from this really throughout most of the 70s and if there were any black heroes in this or, or even black characters in the 60s at Marvel it was there was a very formulaic story where it was similar to the plot in this where angry young black men but you're really being duped by somebody else because mm-hmm. yes you being oppressed is terrible but also you shouldn't be so mad about it mm. just calm down mm. because if you're getting angry you're not doing anybody any good mm-hmm. which is frustrating mm-hmm. but that was originally the story which like i said not great but at least it would have gotten a black hero into dc mm-hmm. which didn't end up happening until actually later in teen titans they do introduce the first black hero. It's a while before he gets a costume, but it's a guy named Mal Duncan who's going to show up in a few issues, hmm. um, which I really do like. But yeah, so Dick Giordano, who was the original editor, mm-hmm. okay, is the story. Mm-hmm. And then there was some kind of a management change with the upper tiers. Hmm. And Carmen Infantino reads the story and is like, oh shit, no, we can't publish this. Neil Adams is across the hall from basically when this conversation is going down as this is what I've been able to piece together. And I may be wrong with some of this. Uh, please let me know if I am and says, look, let me take a crack. I can fix this story. Let me alter it as much as I can. I'll draw some new pages. You don't like the story. I'll change the story. And they're like, okay, basically take, I, I think he had a couple of goes at it. And then they're like, okay, take out any, any references to a black hero. The reason he did this is because not only will Len Wein and Marv Wolfman were really in the fucking doghouse for writing the issue. Hmm. And if they couldn't figure out a way around it, getting to print on time, then it basically, they wouldn't have work and they didn't have work at DC for like two years after this was supposed to come out. Damn. But Neil Adams was friends with them and was trying to keep them from getting blackballed. So he's like, he redrew and wrote the issue. He re- he incorporated as many of the Nick Cardi pages as he could. And then Nick Cardi finished the inking on them. Hmm. But, so the reason Joshua has such a dumb name mm. is because originally the hero was supposed to be named Jericho, but the cover was all done. Mm. And so the cover was sent to print. And so he's like, okay, rewrite whatever story you want, but it has to have this title. Uh-huh. Still, there's no reason why the character couldn't have been called Jericho, nope. um, which is a better name. And it's actually one that it's weird to me that Marv Wolfman... Uh, who is the guy who wrote, he and Len Wein wrote the uh, the issue that, that we were frankly not very fond of a couple issues ago that had Starfire in it. Mm-hmm. Jericho is the name of another one of the new Teen Titans that he uses in the 80s. So he only has like a very finite amount of names that he wants to use, mm. which I think is interesting. And that, yeah, it's like, no, this is a good name for a Teen Titan hero. Mm. Yeah, crazy, crazy backstory. Yeah, so. Also explains why the cover doesn't really seem to have a whole lot to do with what's in the um the story yeah it's it's a great cover it's a really good cover and they changed some of the toning and the haircuts but you can see the all of the people that are attacking the titans on the cover are supposed to be black oh really yeah and so all the teenagers were supposed to be black kids but so that's kind of the backstory behind it and it's interesting and kind of a bummer of a story really, because I would have liked to be able to read the original story that had been written. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a few pages of it that survived. If you poke around, you can find some of the original Nick Cardi art and it's beautiful. Mm. And most of the fight sequence between fat cat and the Titans mm-hmm. and Jericho or Joshua mm-hmm. is from the Nick Cardi pages. I guess like seven or eight of the pages of Nick Cardi art were incorporated into the story again. Mm. But it was a super rush job. They already had the title and they needed to have the issue go out on time. And it really, I don't think he did a great job. 
I, and it's not what I expect in terms of even the artwork quality from Neil Adams, because Neil Adams is an amazing artist. Mm-hmm. But it's an amazing feat to write and draw an entire comic book, essentially, in less than a week mm-hmm. and get it to press. So I'm definitely cutting him some slack on that. That being said, I feel like he made it as like, how is that easier? Like, Mm -hmm. the weird shit that he threw in at the end. You had a whole story. You had a full story arc you could have done. But then you threw in this weird fucking Cthulhu monster and it's like, and then invaders from Dimension X. Mm -hmm. It's like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, it really makes no sense how they got the um, Mirul being, which is the name of that monster, into the green paint that's supposed to be plastic explosives made by the evil beatnik no and we don't know how they're controlling the mob through another dimension because the mob doesn't know that they're being controlled yeah no it was very very disjointed it's just weird Mm -hmm. it's just weird and it doesn't really make any sense at all Mm -hmm. yeah when that whole jello mold thing started happening i thought to myself oh now, this is getting back to the weirdness that I appreciated. <laughs> but it's a different kind issues. of weirdness, even than the Bob Haney stuff. It was rather jarring. It, it was it was a little bit... Dis- it was like, wait, what? 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 What is happening? Uh-huh. How can this be? Yep. That makes more sense to me now. I was just thinking to myself, boy, that's a, it was just... They just did a really bad job. Yeah. And to be fair, it is a bad job. But it's that's kind of the part of the backstory of why. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, not as bad as it could have been, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, it is interesting to note too, that, uh, it, it is fairly soon after this, that Neil Adams does put the first, uh, I believe the first black DC superhero to wear a costume, which is John Stewart, who is the backup green lantern. Mm. Um, and that's an awesome issue. Mm. Uh, it's, it has, yeah, it, it's Denny O'Neill and Neil Adams from the green arrow, green lantern run. And it's awesome. You can see it right over there on my shelf. Oh, yeah. But it's interesting that Neil Adams does end up introducing that character. And as I said, uh, another, the the first DC black hero uh, is Mal Duncan joins the Titans a few issues down the line, an issue that's by Robert Koeniger. But it it would have been nice. I I really, it it was hard for me writing the synopsis because I really wanted to be writing about the story that could have been, and I want to read the story that could have been, Mm -hmm. but I can't. So, okay. I did think it was funny when Robin put on gloves and (laughs) like put on his rubber gloves menacingly. Mm -hmm. I'm like, man, I bet he's done that before. Yep. There, there was also, there was, there was at one point in the story (laughs) where he gets sprayed in the face with a squirt gun. Mm Mm-hmm. And that was really funny. And his reaction to it, he looked like he really just hated being squirted in the face with a mm-hmm. squirt gun. Like a cat. And it's like a cat or like Tom Cruise. There was an incident. <laughs> what? There was an incident a few years ago at like a red carpet show where somebody kept squirting Tom Cruise in the face with a squirt gun. And he, he was so pissed off and had no sense of humor about it and was like a crazy dick bag about it. I want to see that. Yeah, we should watch it later. We should all watch it later. I'll post it on the on the Tumblr blog and on the website. I was just reading about him. Yeah, yeah, you were reading that. You're reading that Scientology book, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what Dianetics? Uh, going clear. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but it made me think that Robin is kind of Tom Cruise. Yeah, and I can see not can Tom see Cruise playing Robin. Although Tom Cruise is actually a very good actor. I think he would do a fine job playing Robin. Mm-hmm. But 
Tom Cruise is Robin. <laughs> mm. Yeah, it's, it's funny that you mention in particular those two things because in my, you know, things that made me giggle, those are the two scenes that I called out to was him putting on the dish gloves in a menacing fashion oh, yeah. and, then, and then getting squirted in the face. And <laughs> That was pretty out. good. That I, I, I enjoyed that. I also just, I kept being like, why is he named Joshua? And just like having a guy named Dave name himself Joshua as a superhero name. Yeah. I Maybe Marv Wolfman was proprietary about the name Jericho and was like, no, if I don't get this issue, don't use the name Jericho because I want to use it later. Mm-hmm. But And Adams didn't want to piss off his friend. Or yeah, or, or something. But yeah, lame. Yeah, lame. Cool um, job saving the character, though. I like the the hero itself himself is pretty cool. Like yeah, he's kind of like a athletic nerdy guy who puts on a costume and he's uh, kind of kind of generic a little bit. I guess he's got he's got his electronic devices. Mm-hmm. I guess that's a thing. Mm-hmm. He's um, good at punching. He's good at punching because he was a marine. Mm-hmm. Um, he looks kind of like Moon Knight, which I fucking love Moon Knight, so mm-hmm. that's good. Yeah, that's I recognize that as well. Yeah, was there anything else in the issue that stood out to you? No, I think we, we pretty much covered it, although I, I was kind of wondering who was this criminal mastermind, the guy that is somewhere in Europe. Oh, yeah, not the NG3, but the, uh, the yeah. guy who's sitting in his chair with all the monitors watching. Is NG3 the dude with the giant mustache? Yeah, NG3 is a Charles Bronson from Death Wish 4 looking dude. Who's, okay. They go between between the European dude and Fat Cat. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked the bad... I liked the criminals in this. Yeah, Fat Cat was pretty they're, decent. They were good. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was good. Yeah, he was just mean, too. He's, like, punching his teenage underlings. And I liked the... Uh, I, I did like the part, too, where when Chuck comes back and is, like, commiserating with Fat Cat about the Teen Titans, he's like, I think they're 40-year-old midgets, because they don't talk like teenagers. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that was a jab at Haney's dialogue. Mm. If he was, like, taking a shot at issues that came before it. Or, I don't know. I, I enjoyed that. There were a few things like that that I thought were nice touches. Yeah, it was a frustrating issue to read. I think there was... It seemed to me like there was a lot less of the... Uh, the slang in the banter between the Titans in this. Yeah. Like we heard the word, you know, like baby a lot and, uh, you know, a couple others, but there wasn't any. Yeah. The teens were definitely played as being the squares in this issue far more than I think they've come off as in the past. Although Kid Flash was referred to as Flasher a lot, which always cracks me up. Yeah. He was called Flasher a couple of times. That, that was fun. Um, (laughs) So what was we we talked about the fact that there wasn't a ton of it. What was your favorite slang that came up? Um, there was on on page eighteen. There was one panel where uh, one of the kind of ancillary characters, or or maybe it's maybe it's the kid brother of um, Joshua, realizes that they're about to blow up what everybody thinks is the plastic explosives, and he's trying to warn everybody off so that they run away. And he says, uh, "Hey cats, the whole place is gonna blow. Bug out, bug out." That was fun. Yeah. I liked it. My, my, my favorite is also from Chuck, but he's uh, it's when he's talking to the Titans and he refers to them as caped anti-crusaders, mm. which I thought was a nice touch and a nice play on there. Often Batman is called the caped crusader mm-hmm. uh, and the protesters yeah. think of themselves as crusaders and that the uh, Titans are tools of the establishment, which yep. I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, it was right around the time where uh, Robin got his face squirted. Yeah, <laughs> man, he hated that. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
Screw you, Robin. Yeah, I caught that too. That was interesting how they were really framed as the, the man. Yeah, it was the, the Titans are referred to. Look, we're going to demonstrate whether you caped anti-crusaders like it or not. We're right this time. Sounds like they've tussled before and they haven't been right. Mm-hmm. I don't know about this Chuck guy. Seems like an idiot. Definitely uh, overly impressionable. Yeah. He's a teen. Mm. What can you do? He also, the Titans do not acquit themselves very well in this issue. First they get duped by Joshua. Mm-hmm. And then these teenage protesters, basically hippies, just beat the shit out of them. Mm-hmm. And it says, like, yeah, at first they're trying to pull their punches, and then they're just fighting for their lives, and then they're losing. Mm-hmm. And Joshua comes by and, like, just kind of yanks them up to a rooftop. Mm-hmm. And it's like, hey, how's it going? Yeah, like picking cats up by the scruffs of their neck. Yep. One at a time. Yeah, they do not acquit themselves particularly well. Yeah, overall, really kind of a disjointed... Uh, so, what was your favorite panel? I had a, a, a couple choices. Uh, one of them, which I think you'll appreciate, is Robin getting squirted in the face <laughs> on page eight. Yeah, that's my favorite. <laughs> and then... Um, <laughs> he really gets Tom Cruise yeah, something I, I, I pretty much figured you were going to choose that one, so I got a backup, which is on uh, page 21 at the bottom, and it's when... Um, the monster thing is is uh, trying to break out of the whatever it is that he's breaking. The out Jello of. cylinder. Yeah, it and really does. There's a two full pages where it looks like ambrosia salad. Yeah, it's gross. And uh, in the, in this panel, like all of the Titans are just freaking the freak out, and their mouths are agape, and they're all like yelling and shouting different things. But it's a it's about when the uh, the monster is is basically being destroyed. <gasps> oh yeah, there's a ton of information that is given of the just the titans looking horrified and just describing things that are happening off panel Mm -hmm. but and there's like a bunch of bold letters and it just seems like they're all like oh my god things are happening Ah!" okay why don't you read the dialogue all right uh so wonder girl says it's beginning to climb out no wait it's stopping it's in pain and then um kid flash says joss's jamming device it it's solidifying the monster's cylinder. The monster's withdrawing. And then uh, Speedy says, The cylinder is beginning to crack, to shatter. And then uh, Robin says, Joshua's amplifying horn did it somehow. The monster disappeared as, as if it never existed. Yeah. So what that really reminds me of is there's an interview I heard a while ago with Patton Oswalt in which he talked about writing punch-up for... for animated features Mm -hmm. in which he would have a go up the script and they can't change anything that's happened in it because the animation's already done but they want a scene to be funnier so they would have him and the other writers just go in and they would they would say like okay have somebody say something funny that happens off panel he's like that's not how humor works that's not how jokes work i mean i can do it but it's just like yeah make somebody say like oh man he just sat in a pie and farted in it ha ha (laughs) which okay granted that's a hilarious joke. It's pretty funny. Somebody farting in a pie. That's, that's good humor. Right. But show, don't tell. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> but that is absolutely what that panel feels. It's like, I don't know how to draw all this shit that I want to have happen. Mm-hmm. So um, I'll just have them say that it's happening and they'll look scared of it. it yeah, because the, the artwork above and the other panels showing that does not show that. No. No. It's like a bunch yeah. of green stuff. Awkward. Yep. Yeah. Who is your favorite Titan? Um, Kid Flash wins the prize this time around for running in a circle and creating a little hover vehicle for his buddies. That was very nice of him, although it did make him sleepy. 
uh, or make him dizzy. made him dizzy. Mm-hmm. And then I he, probably sleepy. And he too. probably sleepy. So he got knocked work. out by he got knocked out by Sonic devices twice in two issues. They all got knocked out by was Sonic it, devices well, wait, twice in two was issues. Was it Sonic or was it also like the disco light show? Because they're like, it's a kaleidoscope of colors. I'm so it's the dizzy. same setup as they had before. Mm-hmm. That seemed a little That's, lazy. To yeah, me. not. And also, they should know better. Like, if the funky dance music is starting or whatever it is. And also, I'm so sick of them or any other hero being like, it seems like a trap, but there's only one way to find out for sure, and that's to go along with it. Yeah. No, you know what? There's another way. You fucking question this jo- this, this Josh's brother asshole. This Chuck. You'd be like, oh, okay, Chuck. Really? That's going to happen? Like, maybe just rough him up a little bit. Have Robin put on his rubber gloves. Or just lurk. Yeah, or eavesdrop. That's mm-hmm. what, that's what I mean. Yeah, I work, eavesdrop. Yeah, I did like that. More problems were solved by eavesdropping in this issue. It's a big Titan trope mm-hmm. that I enjoy. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there are so many other ways to to get through, and it feels like lazy writing every time it happens. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, I was really obvious in the way I set up this trap. I don't want the characters to seem stupid, so I'll have them know it's a trap. But the trap still works. Mm-hmm. Bullshit. Yeah. I call bullshit on that. They should know better. Yeah. So uh, that brings us to your favorite Titan. My favorite Titan this issue, it was a difficult one. Um, I'm going to go with Aqualad. (laughs) I think he is probably doing a great job babysitting right now. Uh He's having a great Uh time. He's got, I invented him a pelican sidekick named Beaky. Okay. That they're having a good time taking good care of Aqua Baby. Okay. Uh, All they needed to do was have one panel in this where... Somebody said, I just got off the phone with Aqualad. He's doing a great job babysitting. Mm. So for future reference, if there's a, a character that's not in the issue, and, and I'm, I'm not particularly pleased with the current set, I can just pick them also. No. That's the I'll pick... Oh, fine. I'll, um, <laughs> it's, I, I don't mind the flexibility, but no, you're setting a precedent. You're right. Yeah. It's, it's a slippery a dangerous slope. Precedent to say. It's not a slippery slope. There are no slippery slopes. We could just say you can't choose the... Yeah, Okay. Oh, man, I really want to choose Aqua. Oh, but you've got a tough choice to make. Oh, I sure do. Um, I guess I'll go with Robin for getting sprayed in the face with his squirt gun and uh, putting on some rubber gloves. And he did this like that handspring kick with the force of a thunderclap. He did do a handspring kick with the force of a thunderclap too. That was pretty. So cool. that was good. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, Robin. Oh man, from Aqualad to Robin, really? God, jeez, it's a tough transition. You see why I wanted to pick Aqualad? Also, Aqualad gets sprayed. You know why I bet they left him out of this issue? Hmm. He gets sprayed in the face with a squirt gun. He's happy as a goddamn clam. Mm -hmm. He's loving that shit. I get to live for another hour. He's like, ooh, (laughs) yes, I get to live for another hour. (laughs) That should be. You know, we should all have great attitudes like Aqualad. Yep. That's going to be my new sign-off. <laughs> I get to live for another hour. Hallelujah. Yeah. All right. So that was the issue that was. It was. You got anything you wanted to add to that? Mm, did you mention your favorite piece? Yes, you did. It was a... Uh, it was, it was Robin getting squirted. Get squirted in the face. I think um, that's probably just the best thing about the issue. It pretty much was. <laughs> he was buttering and saying glug these are powerful squirt guns and this is pre-super soaker technology mm-hmm. yeah yeah we'll definitely you know what i'm changing chuck is my favorite teen titan this <laughs> issue because he sprayed robin in the face with a squirt gun okay so we can pick a 
character that's not a Teen Titan as long as they're in the issue to and be your, teen. Fa- your favorite character? And a teen. Okay. So it's not just pick your favorite Teen Titan. Fine, Robin's my favorite Teen Titan. <laughs> Good job, buddy. Thank you. That was not easy to do. I know. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And thank you, Miles and Jay, for the, the wonderful plug. Indeed. I really appreciate it. And I'm still listening to your podcast. I think it's great. If you would like to contact us, please do so. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Drop us a line at ttwasteland at gmail.com. Or we have a Facebook page that's just Teen Titans Wasteland. And we would love to hear from you. And thank you so much for joining us on this adventure of ours. Yeah, if you want to leave us a review on iTunes, if you like what we're doing, that would be great. And I get to live another hour. Likewise. Yeah.